As I mentioned, Brady Kostecki has claimed his maiden supercars championship after a big weekend in Adelaide. You heard it all here on SEN, the Adelaide 500 finishing off what's been a very controversial season, no doubt about that. We farewell Shane Van Gisbergen. Brody is now the new champion, and Matt Payne is now the newest Kiwi rookie to come on in and, and grab the headlines as well. So plenty of storylines to discuss with my next guest, James Moffat, part of our SEN Supercars team. G'day, Moff. G'day, Matty. Uh, thanks for having me on. And, geez, wasn't it a big weekend to wrap up the Supercars <laughs> series over there in Adelaide? Um, what a fantastic event it always is, but um, yeah, the sort of puff sort of went out of the race pretty quickly there on Saturday mm. afternoon with um, Shane being eliminated, you know, really four corners into the, the race on Saturday. Yeah. So, uh, but you can't take anything away from, from Brody Kostecki and the, the Erebus crew. They were, um, they were the dominant force all year and um, yeah, very much deserving champions. It's funny, Moff, we were having the chat on this program, especially off the back of what you did at Bathurst a couple of weeks ago, and congratulations on that, mate, the National Trans Am title, and I was privileged Thank enough to much. call that one, but Jesus, it, it was, mate, it was scary, wasn't it? And I was, I was chatting about the fact that championship weekends never go the way that you think they're going to go. You never win a championship the way that you absolutely think it's going to pan out, and the same goes with losing a championship as well. So it's interesting how Shane Van Gisbergen had one of those weekends that can pop up on a championship-defining weekend, and Brody had the opposite as well. So it, it sort of panned out in that dramatic fashion. A real pity that SVG wasn't part of that fight in the end, but credit to Brody Kostecki and, and, as you will say, the Erebus. What is it, mate, about championship weekends from a driver's perspective when you're in the hunt? Well, you know, you've, you've sort of got that it's in the back of your mind that you want to try and have a smooth weekend as, as possible. And certainly, you know, for Shane, it was just really being in the wrong place at the wrong time. He was he was unsighted from uh, Cam Waters in front of him when Will sort of made contact with that wall on the exit of Turn 4 and, and, and Shane just had nowhere to go. And I, I said in the coverage, there's been a lot of times over the last, you know, several years where Shane's been in the right time at the right place, you know, right place at the right mm. time. And, and, you know, unfortunately for him and, and the team down there at Triple Eight, it was the other way around. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, you know, it was big damage to both those cars. Probably a little bit ironic in many ways that, you know, the car that um, essentially took him out of the race was that of his, of, of his main rival's uh, teammate and Will Brown, who will, ironically, again, replace <laughs> Shane in the number job. 97 um, <laughs> next year. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I guess you, you couldn't sort of script it like that. But I found it even fascinating that even Brody himself, after the first race um, on Saturday when he clinched the title, finished sixth in the race and, and, and didn't have the speed throughout the race that we've been be, become accustomed to throughout the year, and um, he, he he was already sort of thinking about what he needed to do to the car to improve it for Sunday's race. So he was almost a little bit disappointed in their race performance, although he just won the championship. So uh, that just, I guess, even goes to show you just how much of a hard-nosed racer he is. He's just, you know, competitive right down to the very end, even though he'd won the championship.
So talk to us a little bit about Brody Kistecki for my listeners who, who don't know much about him because we've got to keep an eye on him too, Moff, in terms of NASCAR. He's, he's, got his, he's got one eye over there, but now that he's the champion, he's still got a few more boxes to tick. What makes Brody Kistecki um, the, the defining force at the moment in supercars? Yeah, look, I think, you know, what was really impressive and, and a stat that um, Aaron Noonan brought up this, this um, well, on the weekend just gone, which was sort of probably overlooked, I think, throughout the year, is third third full-time season in the Supercars Championship, but it wasn't until the start of the year at the Australian Grand Prix, the second round of the, of the, of the, um, of the year, that he won his first full-time race. So not only has he gone on to start winning races, but he's gone on to win the championship in his third full-time year. So I guess that career path or tra- trajectory has been super, super impressive. Um, you know, he did a, a lot of racing in the United States when he was younger and not too many people um, would have heard of Brody when he came back to Australia, but he, he grafted away. He, he um, was heavily committed to his racing. And I don't know... Brody personally too well, but you know all all the things that I hear about him is he's just a you know a hardcore racer and, and all he thinks about is racing and um, you know he obviously puts in a huge amount of effort which all the drivers um, up and down pit lane do but you know each of them are individuals and they all go about um, their business differently and you know for for Brody it appears that you know it's life is just all about racing um, for him. He's only 26. He's he's young, which makes, you know, his achievements even more impressive. And I liked what I heard from him um, in his, his post-season um, speech, if you like, um, yesterday afternoon, accepting the, the Australian Touring Car Championship or the Supercars Trophy. And, you know, he said he's already looking forward to, to coming back next year and defending his title. So whilst he might have some ambitions of going overseas and, and you know, heading down the NASCAR path, and there's certainly some, some chat around that, that he might um, get four or five races um, under his belt next year in the NASCAR competition over in the States, um, I certainly still get the feeling that he's heavily committed to supercars. So a final one then on the season itself. It's been it's been controversial. We've had the parity issue all the way through. We've had Ford saying this and the Camaro saying that. We've had Supercars headquarters being under the pump massively. What what is your take out from twenty twenty three and what do you reckon will be different in twenty four? Well, uh, first of all, Matty, I really hope the, the biggest difference in 2024 is we just put this whole parity debate and, and discussion to bed because um, it really has been too much um, of the focus throughout 2023 and I think clearly uh, probably really up until the last two two events of the, the year, the Gold Coast and, and Adelaide just gone, there, there's been too much of a discrepancy between the two cars and um, you know, supercars um, uh, going to the the big expense of sending both the Camaro and the Mustang over to the United States and, and putting them in wind tunnels to do some really extensive aerodynamic testing, and you know that'll be side by side with some further um, engine analysis between the two um, different engines. So, I've but on the other side, Matty, I've really enjoyed seeing the challenge of, of Gen 3 roll out and the challenge that that's provided to the teams and drivers. It's been a completely different 
um, era of supercars and, and, and how the cars go racing. There's been, you know, niggling problems along the way that the cars certainly haven't been as robust and reliable in, in some areas as we've become accustomed to over the years with the previous generations of cars. But, you know, these are the best teams in the country, best drivers in the country, and to see them competing week in, week out, the competitiveness between the drivers and the teams is still at an elite level. You know, some of the margins across the weekend in the top 10 shootout at Adelaide across both shootouts on Saturday and Sunday were just, you know, uh, mind-blowing how, how tight the margins were. You know, we're talking sort of, I think, 0.02 of a second separating the top three cars on on, on the grid in Saturday. So, you know, that that is just goes to show you how competitive the series is, how good the teams are and how good the drivers are. Yeah, I'd concur with you, mate. I know that it's been a, a year of drama, but drama's part of motorsport and getting it right is a massive part of motorsport and part of that drama. If you got it right all the time, as you well know, Moff, if you got it right every single lap, every single weekend, you'd be winning every single lap and every single weekend. So it's all part of the <laughs> exactly. drama. Great stuff, mate. Great stuff throughout the course of the year. Congratulations again on the Trans Am Championship. It was wonderful to watch you do your work this season. Hopefully we get to do it again next year, mate. And um, thanks for being part of the SEN Supercars show this year as well. No, thanks very much, Maddie. Uh, the Trans Am stuff on a personal level was was a great thrill, but you know it's just been a heap of fun being involved um, on the SEN network and being able to bring supercars action to SEN. And I uh, hope you know the listeners out there have enjoyed it, and we'll see if we uh, can do it again next year. Absolutely, yeah. Well done, mate. Our thanks for that. Enjoy the off-season. James Moffat joining us there, and a huge shout-out to Aaron Noonan as well. Um, it's, it was a new era coming in this year. SEN decided to back the boys, and they did a terrific job. And, yeah, he did a stellar job throughout the Trans Am Series, which is one of my favourite, well, obviously because I called it this year, but one of my favourite categories just in terms of pure racing and the way that Moff went about his business. But if you go back to the defining weekend that he had, to win his championship. It was his first ever championship. It didn't come without drama. And there's a bloke who's massively qualified to talk about what happens when you get to a championship weekend, you're leading, he did everything right, and then off the restart of the final race, the car just decided to crap itself. Like, you you cannot make this stuff up when you're leading the championship. He had to go in and, and do a rescue and recovery mission, and he did it well. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to Brady Kostecki and to Matt Payne for winning yesterday's race and therefore the Adelaide 500 as well. We're back after this right here on SEN.